community like Africa, people don't even know about Wikipedia, let alone start to contribute. But creating awareness will give us the opportunity to really acquaint ourselves with what it is, and, and then a step further would be to contribute to Wikipedia. Also, like the people in the community as well, you can see like people from different places, and I think it's kind of represent the diversity, like the, the, uh, the idea of diversity as well. To include as many people as possible in participation online, to be able to express themselves and tell their own stories. In our community, it might be different cultures and smaller communities, larger communities, um, even different kinds of activities within the Wiki universe. And quite often that's the most difficult part of a journey, trying to create a more diverse community or an environment, is acknowledging perhaps your own, your own weaknesses and your own biases. When I came to Stockholm, I, I believe that I have to showcase about our experience on Arabic Wikipedia, about the Wikimedia Prize, and to take experience from others, what they do about the diversity. Hi friends, it's Mark with you for another edition of SCB. This week, I'm coming to you from the Wikimedia Diversity Conference in Stockholm. Now this event, it's organized by Wikimedia Sweden, and it's all about the community, the Wikimedia movement, and how we're doing or, or what we're doing when it comes to diversity. Now of course, that's a really broad explanation, so I'm trying to be quiet. But today on the program, we'll be hearing from much louder voices, excellent voices from around the world, including Felix, Venus, Eddie, Annabelle, Rosie, Walla. Oh, and I see Sarah going to get some tea. Let's start by hearing from one of the organizers of the event. We'll talk about what diversity means in the Wikimedia galaxy, and of course, the who and why of this event, right after our theme music. Uh... From Wikimedia Deutschland, I'm Mark von Sekerendero. This is Source Code Berlin. My name is Sara Marcel. I am Education Manager at Wikimedia Sweden. Before we listen to people talk about how they see things, their experience here, but also how they see things in their own work as it uh, pertains to diversity, I'm curious about the thinking behind having the event at all. Uh, tell me about what those conversations were like, the why of this all. So, as a chapter, we've done, um, we worked with diversity challenges for several several years. When this started, I think, in 2013-14, we thought it would be very easy. Like, we're in Sweden, we do diversity work in all kinds of sectors of society, we're very conscious, mm -hmm. so we thought, obviously, we want to improve on the diversity that we have in our chapter, in the community, and 
all of our activities and the people we reach. So we, when doing this work, we then realized, oh, this is not easy. Mm-hmm. And we struggled and we saw many challenges that we didn't even know how to um, solve. So in that process, we started looking at what other chapters are doing. What kind of conversations can we tap into in, we can, in, in the broader community so that we can share and learn with others um, struggling with the same issues. One of the things that we identified was it was easy to agree on like the high-level visions of free knowledge for everyone. So we, we, that was fairly easy. But then coming down to details, coming down to how to prioritize between maybe different groups, how to allocate resources, um, that was dif- difficult. Yeah. So we could see conflicts. How can we deal with conflicts coming out of trying to increase the diversity in our communities. And then to host an event that is that is global, uh, that brings people from different corners of the earth here to Stockholm, was that just the logical next step? In a way it was, because we, ha- we had a need for meeting and talking about it. Yeah. And there has been obviously one Wikimedia Diverse Conference, I think now 2013. Um, so obviously that's... A w- a while back yeah. um, and a few of us had been to that um, event and we kind of felt well I mean there is a need for this so a conference uh, an, an in-person meeting can be that platform for actually discussing and learning together mm. um, and this coincided with the movement strategy so we, I, we had the initial conversations at the beginning of the year And then the movement strategy started and obviously the diversity issues, um, how this can be a core part of the vision that we have, of the what we want to achieve in 2030, mm-hmm. kind of um, became visible mm-hmm. in, during the course of that process. So we could just see again and again, well, let's meet and discuss it yeah. properly. Hello, my name is Felix Nati. I'm from Ghana and I volunteer for the Wikimedia movement. When you hear the word diversity, maybe in the context of your work, however it comes to mind, what does it mean to you? It means spooling resources from various backgrounds um, and driving them at a cost to me. I know this is, a, is an obscure, very unique way of defining diversity, but to me, Um, I see the positives in diversity. So I see diversity as like bringing resources from different backgrounds, irrespective of where they're coming from, and channeling them into one energy to achieve a particular cause. That cause is journeying ourselves into a space where we can lead the affairs of open knowledge and trying to drive open access and ensuring that there's enough reach to people who need information. Uh, you're the Wikipedian of the year. What did it mean to you in terms of your maybe how you're feeling at the time but also your work so first of all i never imagined i was going to be a wikipedian of the year this quick <laughs> and i must say i must i was um, very much amused and intrigued about the fact that i was the wikimedian of the year but i think it's an opportunity for people in our communities especially in the minority communities to also realize that good work is always seen And irrespective of the fact that it looks like nobody's actually looking, there are people who are really looking and would award you someday for your efforts. So for me, um, what it's done for me, it's, it's 
turned my life around and done some amazing things for me. Like it's brought new contacts to me. It's put my name in the press a couple of times um, to the extent that internationally I've had like media houses requesting that they have an interview on me. Now I'm seen as a motivational speaker because people are trying to resonate with how I started and how I've gotten this far. Mm -hmm. And it amuses them when I say I started just in 2012 and already I've been awarded a Wikimedian of the Year. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's a lot of exploits that is going to bring to Africa because then it drives people to actually know that they can actually do this as well because I'm, I deserve it as much as any of them also deserve it. When you look at, I don't know if it has to be 2030, but when you look at the coming years, uh, especially in the context of, as you said, you've gotten more contacts, uh, things are getting even more interesting than they were. Uh, for your projects in Ghana, for example, but even in West Africa larger, because you have bigger, your eyes on bigger uh, and more cross-border projects, what do you want to see whether it's by 2030 or within the next few years. Yep. So exactly what I want to see is, first of all, answering the main objective of Wikipedia, which is to ensure access of the world's knowledge to people, not contributing to Wikipedia, but just giving people information and access. I think that's one of the defining things that we need to focus on. So channeling our resources to every border, every Tom, Dick and Harry, mm to understand the fact that knowledge is actually open. And when when we share these things in the open, we actually win, right? So giving people these resources is one of my focus. In a community like Africa, people don't even know about Wikipedia, let alone start to contribute. But creating the awareness will give us the opportunity to really acquaint ourselves with what it is. And, and then a step further would be to contribute to Wikipedia. Mm. So I'm focused on activities that create awareness, but I'm also... Um, mostly thinking about how to interweave the open movement because that's the only way we can create relevance for the work we do across board. Mm. And a typical example would be somebody editing um, open street maps and actually leaving the work there. Open street maps to, does not have um, a lot of audience like Wikipedia, but using that geolocation on Wikipedia would create a source that will link back to open street maps. Mm -hmm. And that is creating relevance for the work that we do in the community. So cross collaboration is a way that we must also look at in channeling like a movement strategy. One thing to also focus on would be leveraging the communities that already exist and using them for our reach. It is likely to change or to speak to somebody who's already in the open movement to join another open movement um, project than to speak to somebody who doesn't know entirely about another, another open movement to join, join, join another open movement and project. So, hi there. My name is Rosie Stevenson Goodnight. I edit as user Rosie Step, and I'm from California and I've been a Wikipedian since 2007. Uh, when someone says diversity, what do you think about? I try to be pretty broad in thinking about it. Um, things like uh, gender, you know, or like an age maybe come first to mind, but also things like disability and different forms of ability. And in our community, it might be different cultures and smaller communities, larger communities, um, even different kinds of activities within the wiki universe, like someone does wiki data and someone does wiki source and someone's a Wikipedian. So 
all of those different things are diversity to me. I came here to present on a project called the Wikimedia Gender Diversity Mapping Project. Um, the idea came to us in December of last year, so about 11 months ago, and it was launched in March in Berlin at the Wikimedia Conference. And it included, so far, 65 interviews, 23 questions per interviewee, and we collected 2,069 data points. Um, and this was the third time that I presented on it. But what was really cool this time, something that I'd never done before, is we used the Mentimeter, which allowed us to have three um, polls that showed um, graph-like responses. And one of the questions we posed, people could actually write in a text box. And so we got new data to add to our 2069 data points. So that was awesome. If you could give us a little bit of what you're learning as you as you look at the data that's coming in about the community and yeah, I mean, because I think you're getting some, whereas a lot of people talk about what might be going on in the community, you're getting an interesting snapshot. Well, that's a good question. So we've started the synthesis of the data, but we're n we haven't completed it. And when I say we, it's Alex Wang from the foundation and Sati Houston, also at the foundation. So preliminary findings are that there are seven themes that came from these interviews. And these are gender is highly culturally contextualized that we are not as inclusive as we could be, that implicit bias permeates everything, that as a group, we're working to address a power imbalance. Um, we have an expansive view of participation. There's a feeling of solidarity, and there's also a feeling of isolation, and that we're trying to sort out how can we tell our story. For me, the one that just is is glaring is that implicit bias permeates everything. It's our policies. It's the way we do categories. It's kind of the way we wrap our heads around the way we create articles and delete articles. It's probably true the way we even talk to each other on talk pages. Um, Frankly, it's kind of like who got to attend the diversity conference and who didn't, who didn't even apply because maybe they didn't feel like, oh, if I apply, I probably won't get accepted. So I won't even apply. So it's this bias. And, you know, it's one of the things that I hope as we um, work on our movement strategy direction that we really find a way to start with this issue of acknowledging the implicit bias and then trying to wrap our heads around ways of kind of moving the needle and improving the way we handle it. I don't think we're going to solve all the world's ills mm -hmm. by 2030, but um, making strides forward would be good. Gender is highly culturally contextualized. We are not as inclusive as we could be. Implicit bias permeates everything. We're working to address a power imbalance. We have an expansive view of participation, feeling of solidarity, feeling of 
isolation, how can we tell our story? Hi, I'm Eddie Avila. I'm the director of Rising Voices with Global Voices, the organization, uh, a network of bloggers, translators, activists, uh, writers who uh, talk about the world on the internet. I'm someone coming from Latin America, especially Bolivia. It's a country very, uh, very divided in terms of class, race. Uh, and so from my perspective, diversity means uh, inclusion of all sections of society, and in particular indigenous groups. Where in Bolivia, um, more than 50% of the country identify as indigenous, but yet they're not represented in all sections of society. So one of my goals from at least uh, from Rising Voices perspective is to include as many people as possible in participation online to be able to express themselves and tell their own stories. How do you pursue those goals? Uh, give us a little more in terms of the, the tasks, the specifics. Um, I think uh, identifying or inviting or making it possible for uh, members of these groups to participate on online. And so we do that by different workshops or events where people could network and meet one another, uh, learn experiences from others. And so in Latin America, also in Bolivia, there's a movement of indigenous groups who are using the internet to promote their language and their culture. And so if we bring people like that together, we're able to uh, have them learn from one another. So it's learn from their peers, learn from people who are doing similar things. And Rising Voices um, helps facilitate those connections, but also provide support to people who come forward and say they want to do the same thing. They want to use their language online. They want to share their knowledge online. And so we're helped to facilitate that. What is it that, whether it comes from outside or inside, um, that would help most, that you need most when it comes to achieving the goal or getting closer anyway. It's important that these ideas come from within the community, that this is something they've identified that they want to do, that, that they need. Mm -hmm. uh, and then maybe going outside and finding the help that they, in terms of technical, whether it's uh, you know help with lin linguistic uh, challenges, but also socioeconomic challenges where maybe communities aren't as well connected to the internet as other groups are. Maybe they don't have the uh, kind of disposable time to volunteer for, for, for activities or helping find solutions for some of those challenges to overcome. But I think the good thing is there are examples of other groups that have overcome those challenges and to learn from that. And so a lot of that is raising awareness of successful projects or successful groups that are doing interesting things online to inspire other groups to say, I want to do the same in my language or in my, in my community and put them to help them facilitate those connections. And so, yes, it's those ideas need to come from within the community instead of from the outside and saying, this is something you should do. But instead, uh, we're here, we're here to help you. Mm -hmm. achieve your goals and we're just here to facilitate or to support you. So um, we did a, a research mapping project uh, to look at Wikipedia in indigenous languages in Latin America uh, to kind of learn the current state of, of things, but to learn about the challenges and the strategies to overcome them. I think too often in Latin America, indigenous groups are all, you know, 
piled together in one, like all indigenous communities are the same, mm-hmm. which is far from the case in Latin America. Even though most, you know, share a common language, they're bilingual or trilingual, that they all speak Spanish or in their la- native language. But still, we found so many unique cases, um, lots of so many different contexts of, of how these groups are working online, Wikipedia, um, just different models of, of support, different models of participation. Um, in many cases, it's, you know, one lone editor wanting to move forward a project. Mm-hmm. In many cases, there are people who are, who have learned a language as a second language. So they're native speakers in Spanish, but they learn an indigenous language in, in school or just because they're interested in it and they're moving forward to a Wikipedia project. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to generalize participation in Wikipedia in, from native communities. But I think looking at it on a, case-by-case basis, you can still see trends or kind of overarching themes in terms of, you know, maybe the language doesn't have kind of a universe, like a normalized way of writing. And mm-hmm. so there's different conflicts within the community on, yeah. so quote-unquote, the right way to write or, you know, terminology in the language where there's not a word for like hard drive or, mm-hmm. or, or USB drive. I mean, just like things like that, that it's difficult, but it's not impossible. And so yeah. there are ways that groups have you know, come online to discuss and build a consensus on how to use the right, uh, create a new word because there isn't a, you know, academy of that language. Like, you know, in Spanish, there's the Academy of Spanish Language mm-hmm. that kind of rules and decides what the new words are. But in many native languages, there just isn't that. And so it's the responsibility or the, op- the opportunity for some people to take leadership and do that for their own culture and the language. And and we just like to raise visibility and awareness about those people and connect them with other groups and just really be like a support system for them. There's an element discussed here when it comes to differences. Uh, and I'm thinking here of languages and and um there was a brief mention of how you know there are situations in this world where your language may not be especially represented online as written and so you want to have content on a wikipedia to be found by people wherever in the world but one of the criteria to have stuff on wikipedia is to have sources right i mean what do you see as a a solution to that i mean is this a problem that you think about and even address in, in the work that you're doing and, and what's the solution? I mean, from what we heard earlier today, we, we saw that there are examples of smaller Wikipedia versions that are adopting their own policies. And I'm, I'm, I would like to learn a little bit more about that. But also the argument, I mean, the kind of discussion whether some of that material, some of the knowledge, maybe traditional knowledge of these communities, do they belong on Wikipedia? I mean, right now the Wikipedia is under Creative Commons license, but still there's an option for for commercial use. You know, in, in many cultures, they have a history of, you know, people from the outside taking that knowledge and using it in ways that it wasn't intended. Mm-hmm. And, or people have access to maybe don't have the, the right reasons to, to use it. They have alternative reasons to use it. And so there's a discussion about that, maybe not as much in every community, whether... Wikipedia is the right place for certain types of knowledge. Mm. Um, and so, it, again, it's a case-by-case basis. Um, in some communities, for example, uh, they have learning material online on how to use that language, but it's only open to the people from that community. And so I think it just I think it's like a conversation that needs to be had in terms of what to do with traditional 
knowledge and whether how it relates to a kind of digital age. Uh, obviously, there's lots of opportunities. I mean, there's more options for documenting, archiving, to using you know handheld technologies to record and document, but still. Uh, it could also fall into the wrong hands or people who may not have the right, like the like noble reasons for using that knowledge. And so I think it's, it's still kind of up in the air. Ideal world, yes, every knowledge, if, if, it, if it helps, benefits humanity, then I'm sure every community would like it, mm -hmm. their knowledge to be used in any way that it could help yeah. more people. But they have had histories of abuse or exploitation of academics who come in and take material and take it back to their home country and the community never sees that material again. And so I see, I've heard a lot of examples of that. The people are kind of distrustful of how that information is being used and who has access to it and how it'll be used, whether people might benefit from it or people might profit off it. And mm -hmm. so I think those are still kind of discussions that need to be had in whether there's other types of projects that are more um, appropriate for yeah. knowledge that passed on orally. Maybe, maybe it's not Wikipedia, maybe it's something else entirely. ideas come from within the community. A movement of indigenous groups using the internet to promote their language and their culture. Uh, so my name is Rebecca O'Neill. Uh, I'm the project coordinator for Wikimedia Community Ireland, um, long-time Wikimedian. I have completed a PhD um, looking at the topic of citizen curation, so I'm very interested in how people uh, see themselves when they're contributing to, to projects like Wikimedia, but also the crowdsource projects. And uh, the rest of the time, I spend my, my time looking at cats, petting cats, and thinking about museums. Uh, I'm Phoenix, um, originally from Hong Kong, but right now I'm living in the UK. I'm doing my master program in English literature. And uh, yep, that's what I do. I am also a long-term Wikipedian. Um, I started to edit uh, on Wikipedia since I was 13, but it was not really something serious. So by that time, I was just doing something like uh, articles related to pop stars. So that's how I started like to edit. Um, but right now I'm involved like in the movement, like uh, I work on different kind of programs, but mainly education and glam. I suppose challenging uh, quite often comes to mind when it comes to diversity in that from whatever point of view you're coming from, you're always going to have inherent biases and, and privileges. And quite often that's the most difficult part of a journey towards in uh, trying to create a more diverse community or an environment is acknowledging perhaps your own your own weaknesses and your own biases uh, from the get-go so that you can be be more open and, and more self-reflective and more self-critical? Well, I think actually what my programs, like the programs I'm working on, like is kind of diverse in some sense because the education program I'm working on is related to uh, literature and linguistics. And you can see that like the program is bringing diversity in the community in, in the sense of like, we've got like uh, different kinds of articles. It's not just always about politicals or like, uh, it's not just about science. Because like, if you go on Wikipedia these days, you can see the articles related to science or like politics, like the amount of them like uh, is much more than like the articles related to arts. Yeah, that's... What I think about like diversity in the community, of course, and also like the people in the community as well. You can see like people from different places. And I think it's kind of represent the diversity, like the, uh, the idea of diversity 
as well. The sessions were started today with this concept of the friendly space. Uh, it's been wherever, wherever you are in the world listening to this, uh, in a lot of the communities you might be a part of, including the Wikimedia community, there has been a discussion over the last few years about how people are treated and how to create it's often said safe space. In this case, we say friendly space. How do you feel so far and based on your experience and how that is going? It's, it's interesting. So in the Ireland uh, context, we technically would have Ireland is a bilingual country. It's English and Irish. And what we've discovered is, so I work with, with groups of students and quite often they can encounter uh, those kind of traditional issues that we know are on ling- English language Wikipedia to do with um, quick deletions and perhaps kind of not assuming good faith and, and people, you know, biting behaviour that mm. new uh, new Wikimedians will often encounter. And what I've discovered is I've started working with Irish speakers an awful lot and they, th- they take an awful lot of that kind of bad vibes that they've heard of on English language Wikipedia and assume the same behaviour happens on Irish. And it actually doesn't because it's a much smaller community. They all tend to know each other. Um, It's a much smaller Wikipedia as well. So they don't tend to have the incredibly high standards that perhaps English language Wikipedia has. And they're not constantly fighting uh, spam and and, and kind of PR related uh, new articles. So I think one of the things that we need to be cognizant of an awful lot of the time is that perhaps not all language Wikipedias succumb to the same ills that we, you know, we, we look at English language Wikipedia and we see perhaps the worst of what can happen in online communities. And that's to do with scale and, and how long people have been editing and, and kind of entrenched views and all that kind of thing. But we have to be sure that people aren't taking those assumptions and placing them on smaller communities that that have either managed to work around these issues or that they haven't manifested. So like on Welsh language Wikipedia, they very rarely have these issues. Mm. So I think in some ways, the, the friendly place is incredibly important. And we definitely find that both in real world and on English language Wikipedia, it's very important to, to try and foster it as, as much as possible. But that perhaps it doesn't have to be a, as onerous a task on other language Wikipedias. It's not necessarily at the forefront of their thinking because it comes more naturally to them. Mm. or the community has not fostered an unfriendly space in any way. Like, to be honest, I can, I, I, I kind of understand the culture here in the community. So I understand why, like, my article, like, got deleted, like, maybe, like, after, like, 10 minutes, uh, uh, I wrote it. But what I feel like about, like, the community is, like, because right now we want to attract more people uh, to join us. And also we want to keep like the people in our community as well. So um, I think like it's kind of important like to have the friendly space policy like based on my, on my own like experience because like I got harassed like more than twice before, like um, when I got involved like in the movement and it's, I, I, I think that I'm not the only one, like, who has this kind of experience. And I just want, like, people, like, in the community understand that, like, uh, there's nothing wrong, like, uh, 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 that, like, I tell them about the story. I want them, like, to support, like, the victims, like, to show, like, they, like, they're supporting, like, the victims. And then, like, and also, it's, I, I think it's kind of like our, obligation or responsibility like to provide a friendly and space like environment for everyone in the community as well the needs we have for 
our projects or to be our diversity projects to be successful are something else than the needs we have for our community to understand the strategy. I think it's because of there are people who uh, we have three different main groups uh, from mainland China, from Hong Kong, from Taiwan. Uh, the, there, there are uh, political struggle amongst these three major group of editors. So this uh, uh, like civil war state of mind goes to the, the the discussion of how to make a good Wikipedia article. The, the overall title is: We will become the essential infrastructure of the ecosystem of free knowledge. And I think when I when I look at it and I read it, it still gives me kind of shivers because I think it's. It's big, it's bold, we can fill this with life that gives us so many different opportunities uh, to work on this together. Wikipedia should be our raw brain. It will be a collective brain for all the humanity together, which, from which we can all take up and live our life as an individual, loving each other and trying to identify the other persons because that will encompass us all kind of human values, not just the knowledge. Not just not just not just the knowledge human values human values when it comes to the profiles that are here the people that are here is there anything that i'm curious maybe there's nothing to it but that ties everyone together when you were looking at okay who do we have um, i mean it's not a massively huge event right it's quite I would use the word intimate. I mean, we had in mind an intimate event just to make sure that you can have that kind of networking aspect to support each other, to actually walk away knowing more people, knowing their mm. skills, not knowing their concerns and, and, and experiences. So um, we have 80 participants here. Um, we asked, so everyone has applied um, and they have been selected to attend. And we asked for anyone involved with in the intersection of diversity and Wikimedia to apply and we had something like 150 applications for these 80 spots we have been able to offer scholarships to a fair few um, but we've had to say no to many and it's mm. been the worst yeah. really I mean there is such a big amount of highly qualified diversity advocates in Wikimedia yeah. so I mean this event could be a lot bigger, it could be a lot more regular, it could be, I mean, happening at many places at once. So, yeah, that's been one of the big discoveries, I think, in the process of organizing. By the end of day two, I would like to see that kind of outcome that I've always had in mind for this event, which is having one outcome from, like, the collective as a group. So we've sat together and we've had this conversation just now, we finished. How can, what kind of... What's the outcome of that big group dialogue that we've just had? So I, I would like to be able to see and sort of touch it and share it. Um, mm -hmm. Because we, maybe we could not find that results um, working from our separate locations. So it's just been, in, it's, it will be interesting to see that sort of collective outcome. And also um, the individual kind of plans or engagements that people will develop and commit to perhaps tomorrow. Yeah.
So from a from an Irish perspective, quite often we are compared to other European countries. And I think it is somewhat of an unfair comparison because uh, we're a relatively small country. Also, in, in, in relation to our capacity when it comes to internet connectivity and things like that, we're actually more analogous more often to Asian countries or, or some areas of Africa. So quite often I'm, I'm very interested in hearing from uh, Indian Wikipedians or, or uh, you know, Asian Wikipedians, African Wikipedians, to hear about their strategies, because quite often their projects and how they implement them are far more uh, practical, far more pragmatic from an Irish perspective. And it also allows us to kind of develop relationships um, across uh, in a more international way. And quite often those, even though, you know, you may try your hardest to reach out to these people in a digital sense, quite often it's meeting them in, in, in person that allows you to create more meaningful relationships and more meaningful partnerships. Coming to Stockholm to attend this conference is actually an opportunity for me to share my own experience about like friendly space policy with the others. Um, I think like, because I worked for the foundation in past seven months, like as one of like the coordinator for the strategy planning, a lot of Wikipedian slash Wikimedians like brought up the topic about diversity. It makes me think, is our community really like friendly for everyone so that we can have this kind of sense of diversity here in our community? So right now, I don't really think that our community is friendly enough to get like the diversity here. So I want to like come to this conference and emphasize like the importance of friendly space policy. It can actually help us with attracting more newcomers and to keep the people in the community as well. So basically that what I want to achieve like in this conference. I was looking to make new relationships. So I know quite a few people in the wiki movement, but there's all the people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I have found that the work that I do, it's really um, been helpful to make these relationships and to work on things collaboratively. I don't know that that works for everyone in every case, but the kind of work that I do, women in red and such, um, it, it's really important to to be collaborative, or maybe it's just that I'm collaborative and I think it's important to be collaborative. And um, making new acquaintances or getting better acquainted with someone that I know of, but haven't spent any time sitting next to like at lunch or dinner. Um, it's been something that I purposefully have done is try to kind of change seats so that I can spend a little more time with someone that I hadn't spent time with before. And maybe I have to get a little bit out of my comfort zone to do that. Um, but it's getting easier the more I do it. What I'm looking for is a change in dimension for the emerging communities and eradicating the mindset of we not being accepted in the community because mm-hmm. the status quo is changing. And just as the Wikimedia Foundation is like consulting with everybody and trying to put out strong statements about what we want to do in the movement, mm-hmm. it just tells us that there's a room for inclusion for everybody. And so don't feel secluded. Put yourself in the process and try to play your role in it. And then when things are not going right, we can all stand up and say, this is wrong mm-hmm. and we need to change that. So we should also... Um, respect the fact that um, people are different, people's goals and objectives are different, people's um, problems and issues are also different, and they will require special or unique skills to um, sort of like solve those problems or adapt to those uh, pertaining situations, mm-hmm. right? We shouldn't uh, like have a one-size-fit-all one, one size fit all approach mm-hmm. to everybody. 
And uh, one thing I would also like to say is that in as much as our differences um, exist, it's also what actually makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. And these differences pulls a lot of skills and persona, indigenous attitude and culture. And that's what makes Wikipedia thrive. Our differences are what make us stronger. That's what makes Wikipedia thrive. The words of Felix Narti, Wikipedian of the Year, reminding us not only of what the challenges are, but also of our achievements and strengths that we already have. Thanks to Felix, as well as Sarah, Venus, Annabelle, Rosie, Eddie, and the many others who spoke with me and embraced the audio recorder over the course of this weekend. Now, before I set out for one last tea and cinnamon bun in Stockholm, a reminder, Source Code Berlin is a Wikimedia Deutschland production. Our website is sourcecode.berlin, and you can find us on Twitter and on Facebook. You can just search the name. If you want to help keep the podcast going strong, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you do that, I'll read it on the show. I'll, I'll sing your praises. Music on today's podcast was by V. Nessie, Lee Rosefear, The Blue Dot Sessions, and Poddington Bear, all published under a CCBYSA 4.0 license. SCB is published under a CCBYSA 4.0 license and edited by me. Coming up next time, we're hitting the streets of Berlin to visit an urban treehouse with a heart. There's a hex space for everything. There's even a hex space for non-smokers. Why is there not a hex space for women? Um, and it just seemed so very, very odd that we didn't have one yet, but it did make so much sense because at Chaos Communication Camp at many other hackers conferences, you do meet a lot of badass women. Mm. You do meet a lot of women that are into technology and you meet them everywhere, but then you go home and you're isolated again. And we thought it would be really, really cool to have a place where we meet. Until next time, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Uh, the rest of the time I spend my, my time looking at cats petting cats and thinking about museums by, by the way what was your cat quote about choosing oh <laughs> you, you don't choose a cat a cat chooses you most importantly highlighting that in the audio <laughs> yeah.